everybody. Welcome to the Unknown Humans Remain podcast. This is forensic genetic genealogist Christine Burke, and we are here with episode 12, case number 10, UP6022 in NAMIS. And this concerns a male in the state of New York who was found deceased on May 10th, 1976. And if you're not familiar with this podcast and our mission and what I'm trying to do here, I'm trying to, we, uh, give names to the nameless and sometimes faceless persons that have been found unidentified and deceased across the United States for a very, very long time. Uh, Some of them for over a hundred years, okay? And it's really sad. And what we're doing is we're trying to get these people identified, try to generate leads on the case, uh, but most of all, raise the money for the lab work so that we can perform the genetic genealogy investigations. Uh, Genetic genealogy consists of two parts. One is the lab work to output the genome, which is basically the blueprint for the person. And the second part is the forensic matching services where we use the relatives to identify the person of interest. Genetic genealogy is amazing. Uh, It not only can be used for identifying unknown human remains, but it can be uh, used for identifying suspects, people who have committed crimes. And it really, really is amazing. And we've got, as I last checked, we've got over 14,400 unidentified humans across the United States. These are people's mother, father, sister, brother, children, who knows, and they've just been unaccounted for and uh, ignored, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Nothing to go on, nothing to do. But now we have this amazing technology and we are going to try to make things right and get these people identified so that they get uh, decency, they get their identity back, and their families and loved ones can grieve properly or put them to rest properly. So let's begin. So we're going to talk about this uh, male uh, found in New York, May 10th, 1976, and we'll get into the details. Here we see the case information for this person. Uh, They are, of course, unidentified, and it is a male, black, African-American, as reported, with, again, NAMIS number UP6022. The body was found on May 10th, 1976, in Syracuse, New York, and the estimated age of the person is between 35 and 39 years. And if you're not familiar with the process of, or even what's going on with these unidentified people, sometimes depending on, you know, there's not any identifying or good enough identifying information when the people are found, but many times, and not to be morbid or whatever, uh, they've been outside for a very long time or uh, they were not found for many, many, many years and they've become skeletonized, okay? So the recognizable parts of the people have become, uh, they, the elements have taken them, okay? And, and they are not recognizable. Usually there's only bones. So anthropologists and medical examiners and people like that who are specialists, 
do the very best they can to estimate their age range, okay? And this person is estimated between 35 and 39 years of age. We have, um, if you're listening to this, we also have on YouTube and Rumble, we have video of the cases. And right now I am on my screen. If you want to go over to those two formats, um, on my screen, I'm going through uh, the visual on the case. I'm showing the case file. And also in our Facebook group, if you want to join us at Unknown Humans uh, Remain, that's our Facebook group where the videos for each individual case and along with the discussion and investigation information is right there in the uh, Facebook group. So here we have the um, Emmy's case number. Um, and it's interesting, it has two numbers. It's got a 76 case number, would have been when it was found. And then it has a new, uh, another number, 89. So maybe they uh, redid their numbering system or something. It's very strange that somebody would have two case numbers unless, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just guessing here, part of the body was found at one point, part of the body was found at another point. I don't know. Let's continue and take a look at it, okay? So they uh, say that the the remains belong to a male, a black African-American, uh, no name. The estimated age group is an adult pre-40 with the estimated age range 35 to 39. They've got the estimated year of death uh, from 0 to 1976. And they estimate that the body was out there for a few months before it was found. It just says months. It doesn't say a few. Uh, it says months. The height is estimated at 510 and the weight at 186, again, estimated. The circumstances here talk about an unidentified deceased person with the body found again May 10th, 1976, and the NAMAS case was created October 13th, 2009. So that's a really long time between the date the body was found and the NAMIS case was created. But thankfully, we have NAMIS now, right? So that we can go and try to match these. And we have this as a great resource. The location is in Syracuse, New York. And I'm probably going to say this right, in Onondaga County, Onondaga, Onondaga County. And it says the body was found near Onondaga Creek. Circumstances unknown. The details of recovery, it says all parts are recovered, and I know that might sound pretty gross, uh, but sometimes they don't have all the parts. Uh, the condition, though, as we were talking about earlier, is not recognizable because they have, um, well, this, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh here, but if you guys have listened to one or two of these, as I read through these, these case files and notes, sometimes one thing contradicts another so it says all parts recovered but then it says partial skeletal parts only so I don't, I don't know how you can have all the parts recovered when you only have partial parts but anyhow uh, they say the hair color was black um, and the head hair description is probably black so how is it black or is it probably black uh, you know I guys I here you know normal what we have here okay um no body hair description facial hair or eye color no eye description no known information oh now here's some stuff here for clothing and accessories it says brown coat button-up sweater pullover sweater 
t-shirt, maroon pants, t-shirt, sorry, maroon pants, undershorts were on the body. Brown boots and blue socks were on the body, and there was a pink comb on the body. So this is interesting because it sounds like the gentleman was fully, okay, now this is New York, Syracuse, New York. We're going to take a look at the map in a, in a little bit, but the body was found in May. And they said it had been there several months. Okay, so part of that is probably leading to this gentleman had quite a bit of clothing on. Okay, we've got a brown coat, a button-up sweater, a pullover sweater, and a t-shirt. Okay, that's that's quite a bit, right? They tell you to dress in layers when it's um, cold. And we have brown boots. Okay, it doesn't say flip-flops or anything like that. So that's probably a good indication that when it was cold, uh, and we can look at some of the weather pattern or whatever in the Syracuse area, New York, uh, to try to help tie it a little better towards a date if, if we want to research some people that went missing or things like that, right? So that's kind of good information. That's all we have. So we're going to pull up the map now. And of course, uh, we are what 50 almost 50 30 40 50 50 years later a little bit more okay and on the map it looks like uh it's very hard to tell sometimes when we do this when the syracuse police department is right where the dot is so uh i would doubt that the bones were found at the syracuse police department it mentioned i think it mentioned the river right onondaga creek or onondaga creek however you say that so um, this pin that first comes up on the map is at the police department and it is not at the creek. So I'm going to try to put in, if I can spell that right. Okay. On an, on, on an, uh, Creek, New York. Okay. Hmm. I am not getting a creek really coming up. Onondaga Creek. Here, let's see. New Syracuse, New York. Okay, let's see. Okay, so there's the creek. It's different and, and it looks like, so it looks like it's coming off of Onondaga Lake, uh, which appears to the big lake. Uh, I can't tell how big it is. Uh, let's see, one mile. Um, pretty decent size lake, uh, which looks to be northwest of um, Syracuse. And then it looks like, I don't know if there's something, let me look on this satellite, it looks like they drip some of it out or something. And it comes into a little, it says the lakefront, um, and then parts of it, come down onto this creek there has a creek walk there that goes under um if you're listening to this the 690 um and it looks like it goes through downtown to the west of downtown syracuse and it it goes for for quite a bit through up an upper onondaga park um and keeps going for quite some time i'm not sure what it becomes but it 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 keeps going so we don't know what part 
uh, of this this creek it could be I mean because this creek is going all the way and I don't know if it becomes something else all the way down to the um, what I'm seeing the Onondaga Nation which I'm assuming is a tribe um, and it's going and going and going and turning into something else so we really don't know we really can't tell what part of Syracuse this would be to compare and contrast what was there at the time right you think you know what would be what would be there at the time back in 1976 let's see near Onondaga Creek circumstances unknown okay so there's a lot of the creek apparently here so we really don't have too much information of course we could we could reach out to the police department if you want to get interested in this case yes i'm looking at i'm looking on the map i'm following the creek there's there's quite a bit the creek looks like it runs through the onondaga park or onondaga park um seals community center park and on and on and on yep all the way so there's there's quite a bit of the town that is covered by this creek so we really cannot tell from this listing where the person would have went missing from or or, or where they were found uh which we're saying in syracuse somewhere so we we just really don't have a lot of information i'm just looking again here uh so may 10th 1976 uh, and we've got the description of the code and all that. Um, so we, we would probably want to, we could go and we could check the weather for that year and we could see what that was like. Let me just take a look at that. Okay, so uh, if you're not familiar with, now I'm looking at a website called Weather Underground. Uh, that's a good site to be able to look at the history of the weather in Syracuse and if you're looking here so we can go to man i don't know let's just say um well let's see what temperature may uh what day was that that was may 10th see how warm it was and hopefully it'll go back 1976 so it said low of maybe 40 around 6 a.m and a high of 75 so that probably wouldn't i'm going through here may of 76 um the average 57 the minimum 44 i don't know you could be you could be bundled up but let's see if we go to uh january of 76 pretty cold pretty cold here so we've got the beginning of january we've got the max of 32 the minimum of 13 degrees fahrenheit january 13th minimum 11 max 42 uh, january 26 looks like there's a little spike max of 51 minimum of 28 so uh if you wanted to research this you could you could take a look at when it started getting cold when it was maybe the coldest that you would want to wear uh what two 
a jacket, a sweater, a pullover, and a shirt. Uh, that, that would kind of be pretty cold, plus the boots. And maybe you could narrow down the time that the person was missing. Okay, well, we don't really have too much information to go on. Again, in this case, we do have some good clothing descriptions. We've talked about the weather. Uh, you can go and come and work the case if you like it. If you live in the New York area, uh, you can come and work the case and, and talk to the other investigators, the other people, the other folks that are helping out, some of the forensic genetic genealogists. Uh, we always ask you at minimum to please help us so that we can gain attention for what we're trying to do to get involved by liking, subscribing, hitting the notifications. As I mentioned, you can join our community on Facebook at Unknown Humans Remain. And you can also donate. We have a Give, Send, Go uh, at www.givesendgo.com forward slash unknown humans. And we just ask you to help spread the word. I look forward to talking with you or seeing you again soon. Have a great day. And thanks for all your help in getting justice and giving names and faces to these unknown humans.